listening to Faith FM. Uh, right here, the breakfast show with Blake and Monica. And straight into it, straight into the madness. Yeah, I feel like I'm muted because I can't hear myself at all. Oh, it's just because of the volume in the headphones are down. Oh, okay. You are definitely not mute. We're about to get a thousand texts alerting you to the fact that you are not mute, Blake. Okay, I'm doing my best here, everyone. It's been a it's been a journey. Uh, this morning. Wow, it has been a journey the whole week. Yeah. It's, and it's only Tuesday. And it's only Tuesday. Doesn't well, it already feel like we're like absolutely. <laughs> coming up on a Friday? <laughs> uh, what are you grateful for, Monica? I am super grateful that we have Enrique here. I am very, very grateful that we have someone who's uh, stepped up and said, you know what, let, let me help out with a little bit of the button pushing there in mm. the studio so that Blake and I aren't here by ourselves uh, trying to... F- figure out what machines do <laughs> seriously for sure that is a good thing to be grateful for yeah what I'm, are you grateful for I'm, i am also grateful for him as well too i picked him up early this morning uh we drove in to work together and it was a great drive and it was i'm just thankful for brazilians everywhere yeah amen yeah got yeah. a good affinity for brazilians lately and, and shout out to dj shell i really hope that you are uh, i really hope that you feel better soon and we hope to see you back in the studio soon and to all the other Faith FM staff members who are battling the vid, the COVID. We're also thankful for our listeners in Tabletop, Ooh. New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Tabletop? I have, actually. It's kind of a, that's a cool name for a place. I don't know that I've been there, but I've heard of it. Tabletop, New South Wales. Shout out to you guys. Also in the Northern Territory, Tennant Creek. Oh, yeah. You know that place? Yeah, sure do. Shout out, 87.6. And then we got another one here in Barmera. Barmera, South South Australia. I, I really love butchering these names. Barmera, because <laughs> I am I promise you that's not how they say yeah, it. I'm sure they enjoy you butchering it, too. <laughs> 87.6. Thanks for listening on Faith FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Coming up on Faith FM, we're going to talk about Victoria and the police force that's having a major recruitment drive after literally the biggest attrition rate in history of the police force. I wonder why that happened. Mm -hmm. Then also in New South Wales, Labor is planning to ban all political donations at clubs. Interesting. Yeah, no more gambling. This is Callie Reed, Come Unto Christ, right here on Faith FM. Looking forward to... Uh, this show and the news stories that are coming up.
You're listening to Faith FM. That was Callie Reed coming to Christ. We are at the breakfast show live mm. in Newcastle. Ah, it's a beautiful day. It is a gorgeous day. It really is. It's been a yeah. it's been a number of just beautiful, wonderful, sunny days. Well, it's going to be a stinker today. It's going to be 38 degrees in Adelaide today. In Fahrenheit, that's not too bad. That's bad in every degree. <laughs> every every what do you call those measurements? Any measurement. measurement. That's every a measurement. terrible use. That's, uh, that's our sympathy to Adelaide. Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide. Wow. And then 36 in Melbourne. It's going to be like 28 up here. Speaking of Adelaide, we got a text uh, that from Suzanne saying Barmera is pronounced Bamra. <laughs> nice try, though, Blake. Smiley face. I think I said that right. Bamra? Uh, you're looking at the wrong person. Okay. Yeah. I still get them all wrong as well. I, I hope I said that right. Suzanne, if you can hear me, please let me know what's happening. Also, Monica, please let me know. What the quiz is about. Okay, today is a, another Who Am I quiz. Uh, if you can get one of these questions right, you'll have points going towards the final prize. First, which, first clue. Yeah, this is the first clue. 500 points. That's right, and then it, you let less points towards yeah. the end. Uh, so the prize this week is a book that I'm actually seriously considering purchasing myself because it <laughs> sounds so good. It's called No, We Don't Only Eat Carrots. Plant-Based Food for Humans by Leah Jones. I'm going to read out the description again because I was really impressed with it yesterday. Sick of eating bland, boring food? Don't have the time to come up with creative meal ideas? Then this cookbook is for you. No, We Don't Only Eat Carrots is packed full of 50-plus delicious plant-based recipes everyone will enjoy. Every recipe features a full-color photograph and is not only healthy but vegan-friendly and easy to prepare. Bright and colorful designs highlight helpful information including kilojoule and calorie counts, preparation and cooking times, metric and imperial measurements, serving suggestions, handy tips and alternative ingredients. Plus, over 40 of the recipes bonus feature bonus thermomix procedures. Yes, these meals actually have flavor, 100% guaranteed, <laughs> not gourmet, vegan and vegetarian friendly, helpful icons for gluten-free, nut-free and soy-free recipes, omnivore approved, bachelor safe and budget friendly. That's going to be one of the greatest cookbook write-ups I've ever heard. I love I love all the features, like the Thermomix stuff. Like, that's yeah, I didn't amazing. hear that last time. That was that's a new great. one. That's great. Like for people who use Thermomixes, that's like, what a win. I watch people use Thermomixes. Yeah. 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 My, my mom's obsessed with my, them. Uh, the guys I'm living with that uh, down in Kurumbong, Kyle uh, Vincent, he is a Thermomix king. Oh, yeah? Young kings down there. And oh. this guy... He's making sausage rolls. He's making cakes, making vegan fudge, making, uh, he made French toast. What? Yeah. I, the dude. How I, does one make French toast in a thermomix? This is, this is the mystery of the thermomix. I'm like, I'm impressed. It's German made. Wow. So. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Anything. Anything German made. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this uh, this young cook that you're talking about, how young exactly is he? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Man, any guy who knows his way around a Thermomix is like bonus points 100. I know my way around it. <laughs> you just step to the side. Yeah, forward, that's so, exactly yeah. the way that I know around. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just move to the side and I'll clean around this one. Yeah. So. Anyway, this is the prize today. No, we don't only eat carrots. Plant-based food for humans by Leah Jones. I actually, I'm kicking myself because I just bought a vegan cookbook the other day. That was uh, the wrong one. Uh, well, now I'm Clearly. thinking this one should be, it might be even better. Anyway, okay, if you want to win that... <laughs> 
at some point this week, get one of the quizzes right. So you've got okay. five chances to get it right. But in each, each day you can get more different, you know, amounts of points. So today, for the 500 point quiz clue, who am I? Jesus says I live in Pergamum. Oh. Do you know who that is? Ah. Uh, Jesus says I live in Pergamum. Give us a call or a text. We have someone who can take calls. Not today. purgatory. Not purgatory. Pergamum. It's P E R per G A G A M U M. Mum. Pergamum. And to be clear, we don't believe in purgatory. Correct, Amanda. But we do believe in Pergamum. Yeah. I mean, Real place. Jesus said somebody somebody lives there. Somebody Somebody's live in there. there. At in least Pergamum. one person. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Um, and that will be 500 points if you get that correct. If not, don't worry. We'll be giving you another clue in the next segment. Also, don't forget to state or star it uh, if you don't want the prize, but you just want to play for the accolades, for the clout, mm-hmm. for the lifestyle. For the pats uh, on the back. Suzanne has texted us in as well, too. She says, nearly. It's more like, bam. I think you're just going to mess it up. Just, just <laughs> do you know what? Bam. Instead of texting how to pronounce something, send a voice note. <laughs> I think it's the only safe way, yeah. Bah, bah, bah. I'm sure everyone will know exactly what you're talking about when you go around saying, bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah. Uh, shout out to our listeners in Okay, I have some epic good news. Okay. This is so interesting to me. Um, okay, so you do you know actually what the world's most, mostly done um, hobby is? Ooh. Mm. Uh... Crochet? Dude, what? No, that's so niche. <laughs> Actually, not, it's not hugely niche, but there's one, there's one hobby a lot that's of people way, way bigger than that. More than that. Uh, card collecting. No. Give me one more guess. Uh, um, old people particularly like it. Ninjutsu. Ninjas too. No, ninjutsu. No, 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 no. It's not a martial art. Okay. Mm. It involves the one dirt. It involves the dirt. And Mud wrestling. <laughs> no, it's gardening. Ah, so close. I was close. Mud wrestling. It's kind of similar, like yeah, wrestling yeah. against mm-hmm. earthworms. Yeah, sure. And uh, we've, 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 I've spoken about the benefits of gardening on this show before, uh, but now there's even more benefits coming out, and this is really interesting. So they're saying scientists are saying that gardening could help reduce the risk of cancer. I totally think that. As well as boost mental health and bring communities together. We kind of knew about the boosting mental health and the bringing communities together. But scientists are saying it actually leads people to eat more fibrous fruits and vegetables, as well as exercising more and building social connections, which together can ease stress and anxiety and Mm. lower the risk of various illnesses. Um so, Dr. Jill Litt, a professor of the Department of Environmental Studies at the University of Colorado in Boulder, says no matter where you go, people say there's just something about gardening that makes them feel better. And in a classic case of correlation or causation, while it's known that those who garden tend to be a healthier weight and eat more fruit and vegetables, it's unclear whether or not healthier people just tend to garden more or whether gardening influences health. I would say 100%. Like, my, like I'm looking at my parents. My parents love to garden. And because they've grown something, they'll eat it. Like they're more likely to eat it. Yeah, hundred percent. And this is like this has also been proven in uh, in child psychology studies, where like if you can get your kid to help you grow, like let's say he doesn't want to eat tomatoes, get the kid to help you grow the tomatoes, and suddenly it wants to eat the tomatoes because the kid put in the work 
and it wants to enjoy the fruits of its labor. There's like a, there's like a, there's like a direct connection there. Well, entrepreneurial thing, right? Yeah. There. And, and also you can, even if you get like children to help you cook the food, they're more likely to eat it, even if it is disgusting vegetables or something. Um, because they've put in the work and now they want the reward. And so it turns out it's working on adults as well when we go gardening. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. So um, they they did the, uh, a uh, a test where they recruited some non gardening adults. That would be me, um, <laughs> just because I'm a killer. Oh, can I tell you a little side story? Yeah. So I um I attempted to have a dog last year. It didn't work out for me. Um, and so this year I'm like, do you know what? If I'm going to have a pet, it's going to be a pot plant. And so I got two pot plants. I got Pedro the rubber plant. He's he's exchanging my carbon dioxide into oxygen for me. And then I got symbiotic Bru- relationship. Yeah, yeah. And then I got Brewster spruce. <laughs> so Bruce is a baby blue spruce, a real Colorado blue spruce. I, I got to be honest. I've never met anyone in my life that named their plants. I've never met anyone who didn't. I have never done that. You've just met someone. But have you? Do you have a plant? Uh, yeah, I've had plans. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got I've got Pedro Bruce, and Bruce. Pedro and Bruce. <laughs> yeah, um, I got Bruce because I, I love Christmas and he's a Christmas tree. Um, but literally within like three days of getting him, he started dying. So if anyone out there can tell me why Bruce is Bruce is turning brown, maybe it's not near Christmas anymore. I could really use some help with that because he, he, he's dying on me. Anyway, so they got the community, half the, got half this group to do community gardening and the other half are put in a control group. And they actually studied this over years and discovered that the people who did the gardening, um, you know, did uh, surveyed their nutritional intake and their mental health and underwent body measurements and wore activity monitors and, um, were eating 70, it turns out eating 70% more fiber per day. Which wow. had a massively reduced risk of cancer. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Get out in the dirt, roll up your sleeves, get with the plants, even if they're dying like mine, and uh, enjoy some reduced cancer risk just by gardening, doing the thing you love the most. Get out there, like yeah. Leonardo Gonzalez. Well, I've heard a million times. Songs and rhymes. We've witnessed arguments about how it will be. Will it be every living eye to see him coming in the sky? And what about the midnight cry? I hear them say, Oh, are the streets like I was told? Are they really made of gold? Will Jerusalem be built where it is now? How can there be a crystal sea If the sea has ceased to breathe? All these questions annoy me I just don't care Cause I want to be there just want to be there and sit at my Jesus feet. I wanna be there. I just don't care about the crown or the color of the cow. As long as Jesus is in town, I wanna be there. 
just want to be there. I just want to be there and sit at my Jesus feet. I wanna be there. I just don't care about the crowd or the color of the gown. As long as Jesus is in town, I wanna be You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, right here live in Newcastle with Monica and Blake. We are, wow, I am watching her pull a blanket that she is creating out of a ball of yarn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm crocheting a baby blanket for my um, brother-in-law. That's sister-in-law. really looks super comfy. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's really cozy. Wow. Okay, cool. Okay. Sorry. Got totally distracted. Super bright colors. That's an ADHD moment live on the radio. I apologize to everyone Sorry. here. She pulled it out right at the exact <laughs> moment that we started. Uh, I could have timed that better. I'm sorry. <laughs> we want to encourage you to connect with us on our media platforms as well, too. Uh, check us out on our website, Faith FM. Uh, go to the app. Go to Facebook. Go to Instagram. Let us know that you're listening on the website as well as texting us at 491 064 Six six nine. We got another text message uh, about Barmera. I lived there in nineteen seventy four. This is from Chris. Thanks for texting in. He he texts me. So it's B A R hyphen M E R hyphen A H hyphen. But the problem is the letter R has been lost down under. It's just run around in the outback. Oh, have a look at that. <laughs> what do you think, Barmera? Barmera. Amera. Um, Amera. Amera. That must be it. I think it's right. Yeah. I think we're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All the way out there in Bamera. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have our quiz. Next question. Oh, not a question. It's a clue. It's a clue. Who am I? Clue number two. Time and time again, I stopped Paul from going to Thessalonica. Oh, Time and time again, preventer. I stopped Paul from going to Thessalonica. This one's worth 400 points. Mm-hmm. 0491064669, if you think you know who that is, text it in. And they can win the prize uh, better than running. carrots? No, we don't only eat carrots. No, we don't only eat carrots. Yeah, vegan cookbook. Is it no, we don't only eat carrots, like as in N-O or no, K-N-O-W, we don't only eat no, carrots? No, it's N-O. Okay. We don't only use that. And then, like, it actually has an exclamation mark at the end. Ooh, like it's like, no, we don't only eat carrots. Yeah, no, we don't only eat carrots. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to that book. Uh, you can get in the drawing for that that we'll have at the very end of the week. And remember, the more points, the more chances you have of being drawn. 
I have some crazy news. Oh, yeah? Well, it's not crazy news, but it's just it's interesting, and I think it's just a little bit of a sign of the times situation here. Mm-hmm. There's so, so many of those these days. For sure. Victoria Police, uh, they're embarking on a major recruitment drive with a focus on enticing back thousands of individuals who are once keen to join the workforce. So over the last few years, more than 40,000 people previously applied but were knocked back uh, for whatever reason. Now the Victoria Police Chief Commissioner is saying we are going to reach back out to these people because we have a huge police shortage. He goes on to say... It's not about dropping standards. It's about saying, listen, hey, you thought you wanted to join the best job in the world. Well, guess what? That opportunity is still here. And let's come have another look. Uh, I then, But a lot of people are questioning, hey, if this is the best job in the world as you claim, why are you struggling to get people to join? I have so many questions about this. First of all. Hit me. Why did the people? Why were they not given the job in the first place? Like, what was the what was the screening criteria that they failed? Great question. Uh, well, there's a fitness test thing. There was also, uh, I think, a mental fitness thing as well too. Well, if people, if these people weren't suited for the job, do we <laughs> really then, want them doing? Do we really the job? want them now? Yeah, <laughs> he's saying he did. He does uh, make the comment like, "Well, things have changed. Maybe they've improved. Maybe they've like, gone maybe back they've and worked on weight. themselves." <laughs> yeah, maybe. I guess it's, that's something that could happen. Uh, the attrition rate of the police force is at four point seven percent, which is more than an entire percent higher than the year before. And if I'm not mistaken here, in the three and a half years to July, a reported 1,912 sworn members resigned or retired from the force, which I think is a record in that time frame. Wow. So, uh, was that three and a half years? Almost 2,000 people were like, we're out. Oh, was this COVID related? Exactly. Yeah. Oh wait! Is this vaccine related? Is this like is that? Are we like reading between the lines? Well, this is no. This is in the report. It actually says one officer is reportedly called for police who left after vaccine mandates mm-hmm. were enforced to be brought back. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying bring back the officers who left because of man- uh, vaccine mandates. Yeah. Uh, the publication reported that one constable who left the force last year had said COVID took a massive toll on the force. We were not only dragged from pillar to post, manning state and regional borders, to being thrust at protest after protest, but then, this is a little zig when they're zagging, then we were expected to stop toddlers from playing on slides yeah. and the very dangerous grannies sitting on benches in the park. Yeah. So the police force kind really of run through the yeah. ringer there. Yeah. It's, you know? When you sign up to be a police Officer, I don't think that's what you have in mind. To be the, stopping kids on slides. Literally, when I think police force, I just think of Die Hard. The whole, that's <laughs> okay. it. Like I'm a detective. I'm saving the world. Yeah. It's like that's the only thing that's happening yeah. all the time. But apparently, that's not it. When you're uh, sanitizing slides from those atrocious that little toddlers, rough. that is rough. If you yeah. think about it, like you know, sure, we probably had our beef with the police during COVID, but they were given their marching orders. Um, and so that would have been rough, especially if they didn't agree with them themselves. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So they're looking to add another 502 police and 50 protective service officers within the next two years. However, Mr. Patton said the number needed to be at least 1,000 to also replace those who have left. Mm. So a little bit of a police crisis is happening 
Now, this is on the tail. Now, that's in Victoria, but that's not that's not the only news that's happening. Oh. In New South Wales, this blew my mind. Okay, so okay. here at the I'm just going to start at the end of the report. Uh, a commission, the commission's report here for New South Wales crime, so the New South Wales Crime Commission report highlighted serious criminal consequences of pokey machines. So not just the gambling itself. Yeah. But apparently through cash run pokey machines, through the machines, uh, criminal organizations had used pokey machines to money launder as much as, get this, $95 billion oh, wow. in 2020 to 2021. Oh, wow. So now what they're, the premier is suggesting a crackdown and saying, no, 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 from now on, instead of a $5,000 limit for each machine, it's only a $500 limit to prevent so much money laundering from going on. It's a pretty crazy thought. $95 billion of laundered money through criminal organizations through the pokey machines. I've got a crazy idea for you here. Okay. How about we just get rid of pokies altogether? Well, that's actually kind of the plan. Yeah, uh, so, I, if I'm not mistaken here, should it win the election, Labor will reduce the number of pokies across the state by making changes to the way venues uh, trade gaming machines. So, what's going to happen here is they're going to go to a cashless system at first, mm-hmm. but I think they're getting rid of, the plan is to get rid of half of all pokie machines in the entire state, which towards, I think, a pokey-less machine end game. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal, but probably not reality. It's, it would be way easier to get rid of pokey machines than to go uh, cashless, even though we know we're going to end up there anyway. Well, I don't agree with pokey machines at all. The one problem that they're saying, uh, the trial is critical in determining how pubs and clubs could afford the cashless technology without impacting the industry's 127,000 strong workforce. So they're trying to figure out a way how to not impact the workforce. See, this is this is my least favorite argument when there's something that's bad, that's damaging society, that's damaging humans, and our argument is, oh, but we have like a business built around that. We have I mean, people have jobs, but people are like the most adaptable things ever. Like we can figure it out, you know. In other it's ways, not the end of the world. Yeah. No, it's a look. I definitely. I don't know. I don't know the solution to all of that, but I definitely know that less gambling is better for mm-hmm. everyone. Absolutely, that is definitely mm-hmm. a, a key to a better community, a better society, and especially learning that we now have a report that that an estimated ninety five billion dollars of criminal money has been laundered through pokey machines. Get rid of them. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no need to have them at all. Yeah, just bump them out, throw them away. Yeah. In fact, how about we give the jobs to people? To move them. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> move them out. Love it. Love it. Take them to the tip, uh-huh. to the rubbish bin, uh, to the dump, as we say Sledge in Australia. Spring. Yeah. Go out there and just crush them up. They're also going to cancel those VIP lounges as well, too. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so they're getting rid of VIP those lounges so as well, trashy. too. So it's all going. Uh, that's at least the plan. And so right here on Faith FM, we're learning about that right now. Uh, before that happens, though, we're going to listen to Matt Manikis featuring Clint McCoy, Abide With Me, on Faith FM. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. 
When other helpers fail and comforts flee Help of the helpless, oh abide with me Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away Change and decay and all around I see O Thou who changest not, abide with me I need Thy presence every passing hour What but Thy grace can foil the tempter's power like thyself, my guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine, Lord, bind with me. Fear no foe with thee at hand to bless Hills have no weight and tears no bitterness Where it's dead sting, where grave thy victory I triumph still if thou abide with me I triumph still Thou abide with me Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through?
You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, right here, live in Newcastle with Monica and Blake. You. She is, is that knitting or crocheting? This is crocheting. Crocheting was with the one needle. No, crochet is with one hook, knitting with two needles. Wow. You yeah, have the yeah. hook. I have the hook. Okay. Uh, do you have the quiz? I have the quiz. Do you want me to do yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Clue number three of this Who Am I quiz. 300 points. I asked to sift Simon as wheat, but Jesus prayed for him that his faith would not fail. I asked to sift Simon as wheat, but Jesus prayed for him that his faith would not fail. Kind of amazing to think of Jesus praying for you. How cool. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. Anyway, 0491-064-669. Do you know who that is, Blake? I think I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little scary. Give us a text or a call. Do I give any more clues away? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No more clues. <laughs> and uh, you can be in the running to uh, win the book No, We Don't Only Eat Carrots, Plant-Based Food for Humans by Leah Jones. Text in the answer at 0491-064-669. While you do that, we're going to have a super exciting interview with my main man, Brad Moody. Brad, can you hear us? I can indeed. How are you? Oh, we're doing good, Brad. Good morning, Brad. Morning, Monica. Good to hear your voice. I was thinking about you yesterday, Brad, because I rearranged the shelves in the op shop and I had to get out the power tools. And every time I get out the power tools, I think about you <laughs> and how much I wish you were there doing it for me. <laughs> Brad Moody's yeah, that's true, actually. Brad, you have done a bunch of work up there at uh, Raymond Terrace Mission Adventist Church, uh, yeah, RTM a lot Church. Of help. A lot of manly helping out. We yeah. really appreciate Brad. Uh, that's the pastor, the pastor up there before, he couldn't do anything like that. He was just... <laughs> like talking about himself. <laughs> At least somebody could. But I was able to arrange for him to come up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Calling him Absolutely. Uh, Brad, when you're, while you're not fixing RTM Church up uh, with power tools, what do you do uh, with the rest of your time? Uh, yeah, so along the same lines as fixing things, um, sort of my profession is fixing feet. Um, it doesn't sound like a, a glorious work, but it's certainly a privilege to be able to uh, take a part in helping people get back on their feet, and um, no pun intended, um, and uh, get them back doing what they love and living their best life. So, yeah, look, um, just... Anything from the hip to toe uh, is is what I do. Um, I operate out of a clinic uh, on the Central Coast in Wyong and in West Gosford, and we've just opened a new clinic up in Tugra as well. So um, wow. anyone on the Central Coast, if you're in need of some lower limb health or foot care, then um, yeah, certainly we're there, and you can you can get in touch with us if you want. Um, our number is zero two four three two three nine one zero zero. But yes, that's um, just a little plug from them. Um, they <laughs> yeah. So if you what? if you if you need anything to do with your feet, what's the place called? Ah, Riverside Podiatry. Okay. Riverside Podiatry. So as, yeah. a, as you are a podiatrist and I need to alert you to the fact that in the studio right now we have one person completely barefoot, that's Blake, and one person <laughs> wearing very supportive Birkenstocks, that's me. Uh, so Way to just throw me out there. <laughs> I'm getting confused. No, no, don't. 
Don't be too discouraged by that. Actually, that, that that's um, such a beautiful segue. Well done, Monica. Um, I actually, something that's, that's a passion for me um, as far as my podiatry career is concerned is this whole idea of going barefoot versus uh, wearing supportive footwear. Uh, so, you know, with Faith FM, I do believe that you're, you guys are aligned with my mindset as well on the whole idea of natural health in general being the ideal according to the biblical narrative. And so we're, we're encouraging and supporting those kinds of principles. Um, but, but what you guys have just shown me um, is that there is a broad spectrum of understanding as to what is um, good for foot health. And I want to just touch on that a little bit because uh, this is, as I said, a passion of mine. The, the whole idea of uh, going barefoot is, is a bit of a, uh, uh, it's a hot topic and has been for the last decade at least. Uh, amongst podiatry and amongst running and amongst, amongst walking uh, as a sport, uh, all of these kinds of uh, these discussions go on as to whether it's a good thing for you to be barefoot or whether it's a bad thing for you to be a barefoot. Uh, and I want to just, I, I guess, try and bring some balance to that perspective uh, today with uh, just opening up your mind a little bit, I guess, to the reasons why uh, it's sometimes good to be in supportive shoes and sometimes it's good to not be, depending on your foot posture, depending on uh, a number of other uh, factors surrounding that. So that was kind of where I was hoping to take this today. Yeah, take it there. Well, I'm, I'm keen now that you've said that. I feel like maybe Blake and I are exemplifying the two good options by the sounds of it. Precisely. Because I, I, I do, I've heard so many people say that, like, if you, if you've got, you've, if your feet are messed up, it kind of messes up the rest of your health. Like, it's a basic health. And I have to tell you, as you know, Blake, um, uh, Brad, like, I recently my home burnt down and I, I, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm not going to get crazy and spend money replacing everything. But the two things, things that I said to myself, I have to get quality items for this was my bed, because you have to have good sleep, <clears throat> and my shoes, because you have to be able to walk properly, right? Mm. Yeah. So the two <laughs> things that I always invest good quality That's actually in. something that I I actually agree with. Those two things are really important. Like yeah. a good quality bed. I struggle with shoes. Okay. Like I really do. I have size 17 feet. And so my like size that, 17, that's like a canoe. I know. And it's really <laughs> difficult to find shoes. In fact, Brad is... You've helped me with my my feet before, so he knows. He knows the he knows the drill. Yeah. You know you know your feet, Brad. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm a firm believer in investing in quality shoes. Yeah, it's just absolutely. Times. Yeah, one of the first things I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to take away from that. I mean, the the thing is, um, barefoot and wearing shoes is good and bad depending. Oh. Um, that's the point. So, like, it, it just I want to I want to just put a spin on it like this. Like, we we. We're designed uh, for our foot to function on natural surfaces, right? So like grass, sand, dirt, uh, these kinds of undulating, um, you know, slightly uneven surfaces at times, but, uh, you know, slightly different textures and things like that. The foot was designed to adapt to those kinds of surfaces. Uh, but unfortunately, we have created for ourselves an artificial environment. 
right? So we've created a concrete junk, exactly right. Oh. So so now we're walking on a hard flat surface day in and day out with whatever work we do, and it's going to have an impact on on foot posture, um, and also therefore, as you said, it's going to have an effect the entire way up your lower limb and into your back and even into your neck. Uh, so so what we need to take into account is that environmental factor that has shifted from the natural environment that God designed our foot to function on. Now, the, the foot is actually an amazing piece of engineering. Uh, so, so your foot goes through two basic postural positions when you're walking, every step that you take. So, so it goes from a position, of, I want you to think of it, just to put it simply, I, I, I tell my patients this as well, think of it like your foot is going from a soft sand foot to a hard sand foot. Now, now to give you some clarity on that, if you were going for a long walk on the beach and you had one surface that you could pick, that you had to go for a long distance and you wanted to conserve energy and it to be uh, a comfortable walk, which surface would be easier? The soft sand or the hard sand? The hard sand. The wet sand. No question, right? The wet sand. Absolutely, because it's just more efficient. You intuitively know that a soft sand surface is going to require more energy consumption for you to move forward. Now, on the flip side, if you were going to land heavily, if you had to jump from a hut and land on the beach, would you prefer to land on the hard sand or the soft sand? Soft sand. Water. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so <clears throat> the soft sand comparatively to the hard sand because water's not in the equation, Blake. Okay. Um, the the soft sand the soft sand is going to absorb impact, right? So so your foot goes through both of these phases and 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 ideally accomplishes the 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 um uh, the the cushioning from the soft sand, but the stability and efficiency from the hard sand. Every step you take, your foot. So if you may have heard these ideas thrown around like a, my foot's a uh, my foot's a pronating foot or my foot's a supinating foot or it rolls in or it rolls out or I've got a flat foot or I've got a high arch or a high instep these kinds of terms are very superficial and do not do justice to the concept because the foot is not something that that remains in a specific position. The foot changes from position to position. And in an ideal scenario, it goes from the soft sand, which some people term as the pronated or the flat foot kind of a position, where it's able to absorb impact into a much more rigid and stable position where it can propel your body forward, kind of like the hard sand. So when your foot is impacting the ground, when your heel contacts, usually your heel, when your heel contacts the ground, it actually moves into a position of absorbing your body impact so that it doesn't have that that impact trauma that would come from landing on a harder impact surface every day, day in and day out. And then when it's when it's when it's moving forward and your body's reaching its unstable point where you're falling to your other foot, it actually changes posture into a much more stable, rigid kind of position so that you can propel forward with stability and control and efficiency. So it's an amazing piece of engineering. So I don't I don't like the terms uh, I have a flat foot or I have a high arm foot. Now, those terms do suggest a predisposition to an increased factor of either the hard or the soft sand, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a pathology or a problem for the foot. Is that making sense? Yeah. Absolutely. I never thought of it like that. So now let's just... Let's just throw in a spanner in the works. Once again, coming back to the environmental factor that has a huge part to play, which is the hard surfaces that we walk in day in and day out. Now, those hard, flat surfaces are going to predispose the foot towards an over-cushioning. 
if it's naturally going to just try and absorb its own impact. Now, it's complicated as to why that takes place, but just know that intuitively your foot collapses and, and tends to want to over-cushion itself against that hard, flat surface. Now, that tends towards um, uh, uh, stress and injury as a result of just the unnatural um, uh, uh, consequence from walking on a hard, flat surface. So this is the thing. Walking on natural surfaces can be good if so be um, uh, you have the appropriate training in place um, to do so because now we've worn these shoes all of our lives. They're going to have adapted to being well babied by having a supportive shoe, ideally, or just wearing shoes in general. So we're going to have to compensate for that as well. But now we've got the, the, the environmental factor of a hard fat flat surface that needs to be compensated for by appropriate footwear. But then to get back to walking barefoot, ideally, you're going to have some training so that you're not walking barefoot with a foot that's been babied all its life. I'm not sure if I'm sort of if you're catching where I'm going with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So, so yes, we want to encourage barefoot, and I, I, I tell all of my pediatric patients, all the little, the little ones and their parents, that they should get their children playing barefoot on safe surfaces to allow the natural development of the foot as much as possible. But they are going to come to a point where they're going to have to walk on unnatural surfaces, and those unnatural surfaces are going to require some compensation for the the the, the outflow of uh, what the foot adapts like to that surface. So yes, barefoot running or barefoot walking is good, obviously not ideal on concrete or like tar or like, you know, uh, these kinds of hard surfaces um, without appropriate training if you've got a baby foot. So, so one particular demographic that, that exemplifies this is, is those of, um, of, of an islander descent, um, like Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea and, and, and these kinds of, um, you know, Pacific Islands uh, type uh, um, demographics that, that oftentimes have a, a quite a, a, a flat type foot and yet it's quite a functional foot, which, which, which just speaks against so much of uh, what the world says as, oh, if you've got a flat foot, you've got problems. Well, not necessarily if your foot has adapted to the surface, the natural surfaces that it's, that it's been on all its life. Um, so I'm talking about particularly though the, the, the demographics that, have, um, uh, uh, that, that are uh, particularly rural in those areas and have less adapted to the footwear uh, era that we live in. Wow. You know, that reminds me, we only got about a minute left here, Brad, but that reminds yeah. me, my time in Solomon Islands, there was this guy, he called himself Rambo, and uh, the dude walked <laughs> everywhere barefoot on, like, every surface, and I was just like, I don't know how he does it, because we were walking on exactly. some crazy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's the it was point. Just, it was incredible what the foot can actually do. Mm. Absolutely. So look, just to wrap up just quickly, there are training programs and we offer a training program at Riverside Podiatry uh, that actually gets your foot posture back into alignment so that you can uh, get into safe running, safe walking on those um, safe surfaces, i.e. natural surfaces. Get your foot back to the postural um, stability that it needs to be able to uh, uh, walk and run on those surfaces without without complication, without issue. Um, so yeah, if you wanted to you can get in touch with us at Riverside Podiatry. The number again, 024-3239100, or just look us up on riversidepodiatry.com.au. 
Well, thank you so much, Brad. That has been an absolute blast talking about some feet, big ones, little ones, barefoot <laughs> ones, and ones in shoes. We will talk to you again soon. Uh, you are listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show.